Thank you, Lori. Shout to the north the good news of Jesus Christ. Thank you for sharing that beautiful piece of music. We welcome you this morning. Thank you for joining us for worship. We are so glad you are here, and it's nice to see these pews filling up every week. Uh, it's very encouraging, and uh, we're just happy that you have chosen to worship with this church family today. If you're a guest, we welcome you. Thank you for choosing uh, this church family to worship with today. There's a gift for you out on the Welcome Center as you leave today. If you want to go by and pick it up, it's on the other end of the Welcome Center. There's a bag that has the gift in it and some other information. But we are so glad you've joined us today. Those of you who have joined us by live stream, we welcome you as well. And we pray that all of you, under the sound of our voices, feel the presence of the Holy Spirit as we worship him in spirit and in truth. Why don't you take a minute to greet those around you, and then we'll join in singing. Joyful, joyful, we adore thee. voices and praise together.
And there's no sweeter name than the name of Jesus. You join.
Thank you. you. may be seated. What a powerful song. What a beautiful way for us to come into this time of worship, realizing how faithful God is and how good God is. Would you all not agree that God is faithful and that God is good all the time? I think back through my own life in challenges and struggles and and obstacles, but God has always been faithful. Maybe we've let him down along the way, but he has never let you and me, he's never let us down. I'm so grateful for his faithfulness and his goodness that comes after us. And there's an opportunity for us in this place and wherever you're worshiping today to join us for a time of prayer. We believe in the power of prayer. And I guarantee you on every pew and wherever folks are watching today, there are people concerned, heavy-hearted, people that are struggling with sin, struggling with addiction, struggling with grief, struggling with loneliness, struggling with depression, anxiety, or fear. But we have many concerns. But God is able to do immeasurably more than we could ask or imagine. So if you feel led by the Holy Spirit to come to this altar this morning, you can kneel, you can stand, you can pray from wherever you are. I invite you to come join me as we lift up our prayers together. Would you come pray with me today? May we pray, God, how great it is to be in your house, to sing praise to the only one who is worthy to be praised, the only one who is worthy to be exalted. Father, thank you for being a faithful, loving God. Thank you for being a good God. Father, thank you for your goodness that pursues us and comes after us. And, oh, Lord, we just pray today that you would be glorified 
through the songs we sing, through the prayers that are prayed, from your word that's proclaimed. Speak to our hearts, God. And Lord, if there are those here today that have never given their heart and life to Jesus, or maybe there are people watching, Lord, I pray today someone would come to know you in a personal way. Father, that we would confess our sin, repent from our old ways, and begin to walk in newness of life. And God, we humble ourselves before you and ask that you would lift us up. Father, for the many who are heavy on our hearts, we pray, oh God, that you would comfort those who have experienced loss. I pray for the Burleson family and the loss of Virgie, that they might feel your comfort and your love as they grieve. Oh God, we pray for so many that are on our prayer list. We pray a special prayer for little Colt McCormick and his sister Olivia that you would bring healing and protection to these precious children, these babies. Father, we know you're the great healer and the great physician. We pray for healing to be upon them. Father, we pray for so many others who are struggling with health issues, Casey Campbell, that needs your divine touch. I pray, Father, for healing to be upon Casey and bless his family as I know they are concerned. And Father, again, for all those names who are on our hearts today, you know who they are. We pray that you would meet them at their point of need. For those having surgery this upcoming week, bring them safely through. Father, we pray for what's going on with Ukraine and Russia, that you would intervene, God, and you would bring peace. Give our country, our leaders, wisdom to know what our part is in this whole mess. Oh, God, I pray for a hedge of protection for those that are in harm's way. Bless military, God, and, and again, bless this country and protect us. And Father, we just pray for this church and all the churches that preach the good news of Jesus Christ. Father, what a joy it is to see people coming back to church and people coming, Father, out of quarantine and out of this difficult time we've been through for the last couple of years. We give you praise, God, in the midst of everything we've gone through. Father, I pray that your Holy Spirit might continue to bless each and every one Father, lift the fog of addiction, lift the fog of depression, lift, oh God, the fog of sin in our lives, and that we might see the light and love of Jesus and be transformed by your power. So, Father, we just thank you and praise you, thanking you in advance for the victory you're going to bring. And God, I, I pray for Patricia Dempsey's mother, having heart surgery tomorrow, that you would just bring her safely through and heal her, we pray, oh God. And I pray now that your Holy Spirit would continue to play and sing through our musicians. Speak through your word and through your servant. 
that our hearts might be touched with your spirit and that we might come to you in a real and personal way. For we pray all these things in the strong and holy and powerful name of Jesus Christ. Amen. Amen. This morning, if you have your Bible, would you turn with me to 1 John chapter 1? And I'm, again, so grateful for all the beautiful music that we've already had today and look forward to hearing the choir and instrumentalists after the reading of God's Word. Thank you all for coming today. Beginning with verse 5 of 1 John chapter 1. This is the message we have heard from him and declare to you. God is light, and in him there is no darkness at all. If we claim to have fellowship with him and yet walk in the darkness, we lie and do not live out the truth. But if we walk in the light as he is in the light, we have fellowship with one another. And the blood of Jesus, his son, purifies us from all sin. This is the word of the Lord, and blessed be the name of the Lord.
Thank you all. What a beautiful and powerful message and song. Thank you for leading so beautifully. And thank you again for being here today. I believe spring is in the air. And I'm so grateful for the beautiful weather that we can come together and worship. I always like to start with a little humor. This is a little throwback humor to get you ready to hear more important things. But maybe you heard the story about the man whose name was Odd. And he hated his name. As a matter of fact, he was made fun of his whole life, all through school, even into adulthood. He was, he was made fun. He hated his name so much so that he wrote in his will that when he would come to pass or to die, that he didn't want his name put on his headstone or on the grave marker. He didn't want anything put on it. So that day came that he would pass away and and the family uh, did what he had asked. They, they placed that blank uh, grave marker there at the cemetery. But the thing is, every time that people would go to the cemetery and they'd see that headstone, they would say, that's odd. <laughs> Isn't that odd? <laughs> anyway, for many years, for many years, uh, when my children were young, we would go to McDonald's to eat breakfast on Fridays and Monday and Tuesday and <laughs> Wednesday, Thursday. But for many years, we would go to McDonald's on Friday morning to eat breakfast. And when we would go to McDonald's, we would see the breakfast club. I think every community has a McDonald's where there's a breakfast club slash liars club. And not only were these people eating, but they were doing life together. They would be sharing stories, showing pictures, balloons, celebrating birthdays. They were fellowshipping together at McDonald's. You know, for the obvious reasons of this pandemic that we've been through, there have been a lot of health issues, obvious health issues, but one that folks maybe have not been aware of is the isolation. Even before the pandemic, America has been called a nation of strangers. And when you add a pandemic to the mix, it's especially taken its toll on our senior adults and our single adults. So many people have been craving for interaction and relationship and fellowship with people. One Gallup poll had uh, polled Americans, four out of 10 Americans had said that they had expressed intense feelings of loneliness. And I would say that that number is even greater today than when that poll was taken. Intense feelings of loneliness. Pastor Bob Russell in his book, uh, when God Builds a Church, called Americans the loneliest people in the world. And there are so many people today that are longing for interaction, longing for fellowship. That's why people will go to Kroger and walk around with an empty basket or with one or two items just because they want to interact with other people. That's why people go to Walmart and we'll walk around for hours and hours. They're just wanting to see people and interact. 
That's why some people go to the gym, yes, to work out, but they want to be around other people and to fellowship with one another. Now, many of you all know that the Greek word for fellowship is koinonia, and it actually means community. It means communion. It means shared participation. And it was actually used 20 times in the New Testament, the word koinonia or fellowship. So many people are longing for community. They're longing for communion. They're, they're longing for that shared participation. But in our scripture today, we see John. Yes, this is John, one of the sons of Zebedee. He's part of that duo, the sons of thunder, James and John. We know that this John was believed to have been the first cousin of Jesus. We also believe that John was up in years. He was an old man when he wrote this letter because many times he referred to the believers that he was writing to as dear children, my children. So he was believed to have been an old man at this time. We also know that John was in the inner circle of Jesus. He was the one that was at the cross, the disciple whom Jesus loved. Not that he didn't love all of the disciples, but they had a special bond. It was John who would write this letter to primarily believers to expose false teachers who were teaching something called Gnosticism, which actually said that, that spirit is entirely good and matter is entirely evil. And he was combating these false teachers as well as giving godly wisdom to give assurance of salvation to the believer. And today, he wants to encourage you and encourage me. We've been going through a sermon series since the new year began called Rebuilding God's Way. And what we have been looking at is different uh, ways that we can rebuild God's church after this crazy pandemic that we've been through, the devastation that it's brought we have been looking at ways we can rebuild. And today we come to an important part of rebuilding called fellowship. Now, I am grateful that we have had the online services. I mean, I can't tell you how difficult I've shared it with you before when for weeks I would come into this sanctuary and I would preach to an empty church. And other than a few of the praise team members, scattered across. I would be preaching as if you were all here. And I've shared with you the amount of laughter after my joke is the same whether you're here or not. <laughs> but the fact is, I'm grateful, especially even now for those folks that have uh, health compromise uh, and folks that are living out of state that can worship with us but I think you all would agree with me, it's not the same as being here in person. I mean, I'm grateful we have it and that we can still offer it and we still have a good number of people that watch our service, but we need fellowship. We need one another. We need that love that we share and encouragement and the Spirit of God. You know, if we're Christians, 
then the Spirit of God is living in us. And when there's more of you, it's the more of God's Spirit moving in this church and in this fellowship. So that's why I've loved, I've had some people over the weekend to say, when are we going to start back the 8.30 service? I said, when we can't get anybody else in the 11 o'clock service, we will start back with an 8.30 service. But haven't you enjoyed seeing more people than empty pews? I've enjoyed seeing more of you than the empty pews. The singing is better. The fellowship is sweeter. The Spirit of God is stronger when we can all come together. It's like these ball players that had to play last year, the last couple of years in empty arenas. How hard it was for them to get motivated and fired up when it was like a scrimmage or a practice with no one in the arena cheering them on. We are cheering on God's people and loving one another. But today we come to this important uh, part of rebuilding called fellowship. And John, I think, if we're looking for fellowship in God's church, John gives us some great ways to do that. I think when we're looking for fellowship, we're looking for authenticity. We're looking for authenticity. Paul, or not Paul, but rather John said in 1 John chapter 1, verse 5, this is the message we have heard from him and now declare to you, God is light and in him there is no darkness at all. John had an authentic encounter with Jesus Christ and he fellowshiped with Jesus on a regular basis. And when he said, God is light, and in him there is no darkness, in the Gospel of John and in 1 John, the, the word light and the word truth are used interchangeably. And really, when you look in the Old Testament, when it talked about light, it was referring to people finding a path. And it's our desire that you can come into this place fellowship with authenticity. And what do I mean by that? Well, that we can be honest and we can have humility and we can be open about our failures and our fears and our doubts and our shortcomings and our sin. We can come together honestly and openly and know that we're all trying to be on that same path of seeking the Lord and his will for our lives. I think about in Isaiah chapter 9, verse 2, the people walking in darkness have seen a great light. Now, that was prophesying about the coming of Christ, that great light that shone when he was born. And then we think about what uh, David said in Psalm 119, 105. Your word is a lamp for my feet and a light unto my path. And we are all wanting to head in the direction of the light, which is Jesus Christ. There must be authenticity when we are dealing with one another and dealing with people. I said it a couple weeks ago, and I've said it many times. Our standard is Christ. And when we compare ourselves to Jesus, we all fall short, don't we? As a matter of fact, when we read in, in Romans chapter 3, verse 10, uh, Paul was actually quoting an, an Old Testament passage. There is no one righteous. No, not even one. Romans 3.23, for all have sinned 
and fall short of the glory of God. So we realize and recognize part of our authenticity is that we're not perfect and we don't claim to be, but we come together. And then Paul would go on to write in Romans 12, 15, that we are to rejoice with those who rejoice and weep or mourn with those who mourn or weep with those who weep. Part of us coming together in this fellowship is that we can be real in our suffering, our pain, our struggle, our addictions, our, our guilt, whatever it is, and know that when we share this, we are not going to be judged or we are not going to be put down or we're not going to be labeled, but that we can come openly and honestly to be real with one another. I guess if there's been one way I've described this church through the years, that we are a field hospital for the sin sick and hurting, not a club for the righteous. That's what God's church is supposed to be. We're a field hospital for the sin sick and hurting. And who of us are not sin sick and hurting at some point in our lives? That's all, that includes all of us. And I've also been quick to share this with you. If you're looking for a perfect church, then you don't want to come to this church. Because we are not a perfect church. And I am not a perfect pastor. I shared this recently with some folks. I feel like sometimes there are unrealistic expectations placed upon pastors or ministers. Look, we're fellow strugglers just like you. We have feelings. We get hurt. We get tired. We get beat up. We go through all kinds of difficulty just like you. But sometimes you put people on pedestals when that's a big mistake. Jesus is the only one that needs to be on a pedestal and glorified. Only Christ is one that needs to be glorified. Because if you look to find fault in me, it won't take you five seconds. And if you ask my wife, it'll only take one second for her to find fault in me. But the truth is, we are all fellow strugglers. And if you look to find bad in people, you're going to find it. But if you look to find good, you're going to find I'm so grateful for all the good people that God has assembled together in this place as the body of Christ. And I think we can be real with each other, can't we? I mean, I shared last Wednesday, we're not going to air out all of our dirty laundry. You've got to keep some things private. But overall, you might see somebody that's going through something that you're going through, and you can say, brother, sister, I understand because I've been through the same thing. I've been through divorce. I, I battled cancer. I lost a loved one to COVID. Uh, my child has rebelled. My family member struggles with drug addiction. We can all say, I know what you're going through because I've been there and done that and gotten the T-shirt. And that's part of fellowshipping. We must have authenticity. Now, God is light, and there is no darkness in him. He is holy. He is pure. And there is no fault in him, but there is in us. But not only when we're looking for fellowship, we're looking for authenticity, but I think we're looking for accountability. If you look in verse 6, if we claim to have fellowship with him, Yet walk in darkness, we lie, and the truth 
is not lived out in us. If we claim to have fellowship with him, yet walk in darkness, then we lie and we do not live out the truth. Well, if we claim to be followers of Jesus Christ, then we must repent and turn away from sin because sin is done in darkness. We can hide in the darkness our sin or our, our habits or hang-ups or our struggles. We can try to hide. But what happens when we are brought to the light? When we are brought to the light, truth is revealed. So are our flaws and our imperfections. If we claim to have fellowship, if we claim to have a relationship with Christ, yet we continue to walk in the darkness, have we really had an authentic encounter with the living Lord? Because once we do, we will be changed from the inside out. And part of a fellowship is that we hold one another accountable. That's why some people, I don't think, like to come to church because they don't want to be convicted or confronted about their sin. They would rather continue to live the lifestyle they've been living without anyone confronting them about how they've been living. And I think about so many times what we are called to do. Paul said in Ephesians 4.15 that we are to speak the truth in love. We are to confront people with love. Paul said it this way in Galatians chapter 6, verse 1. Brothers and sisters, if someone is caught in a sin, you who are spiritual should restore them gently. But watch yourself or you too may be tempted. We are to restore one another gently, speaking the truth, not out of a judgmental, holier than thou, I'm better than you because I already established that we're all sinners and there's no one righteous, not even one, but we are to speak the truth in love. But not only that, James said in James chapter 5, verse 16, therefore confess your sins one to the other and we are to pray for one another so that you may be healed. We are to confess our sins to each other and to pray for one another that you may be healed. There's something healing about confession. There's something healing when we can get burdens off of our hearts and we can encourage one another. Paul said in 1 Thessalonians 5.11, Therefore, encourage one another and build each other up just as in fact you are doing. So part of the fellowship is holding one another accountable. How many of you all have an accountability partner? Someone that you know you can tell them anything and everything, especially if you have a struggle and they're going to hold you accountable. If you're struggling in an area of your life, they're going to say, hey, how are you doing? And you know exactly, I've shared this on more than one occasion, that I've met with people in past times that have battled maybe a drug addiction. And I said, when I ask you, how are you? I'm not just saying, what kind of day have you had? And, you know, you're having a good week. But when I say, how are you? You know exactly what I'm talking about. When I say, how are you? I'm referring to, how are you doing with your addiction? How are you? 
But then I also think about someone years ago that shared with me that when they would go out of town on business, when they would stay in a different motel or hotel, they struggled with a pornography addiction. And they said that every time they were there with these different channels that were available for purchase that they struggled. And I said, look, if you get to a point where you feel tempted to watch something or do something you ought not do, I said, you feel free to call me. And I want you to tell you that that person would call me and I would pray them through that temptation. Same way with people with drug addiction or something. I said, look, I will pray with you anytime, and if it's in the middle of the night, I'll give you Bill Adcock's number. But the fact is, <laughs> you call anytime. <laughs> I'm kidding, Bill. But the fact is, I tell people, you call anytime, and I will pray with you, whatever you're going through. If we claim to have fellowship with him, yet continue to walk in darkness, we lie, and the truth is not living in us. But if we, verse 7, walk in the light as he is in the light, we have fellowship with one another, and, Je and the blood of Jesus, the Son, purifies us from all sin. The last part of fellowship, we look for affection, or what we would say, love. We look for affection. We, we look for love. And if we are walking in the light as he is in the light, what is the common bond that brings all of these different types of people from different walks of life and, and different backgrounds and education and races and, and different parts of society? What brings us all together in this place? Hopefully it's our love of Jesus Christ. We are one in the bond of love. That's what brings us together, our affection and love of Jesus Christ. And I pray that we can continue to grow in our fellowship and in our love one for the other. In Colossians chapter 3, verses 13 and 14, it says we are to bear with one another and forgive one another and any grievance you might have against someone forgive as the Lord forgives you and over all these virtues put on love which binds them together in perfect unity and when we have an authentic love of the Lord and love for one another sky's the limit of what God can do because his love covers a multitude of our sin. It purifies us from all of our sin. John said in 1 John 1, 9, if we confess our sins, he is faithful and just and will forgive us of our sins and purify us from all unrighteousness. I'm so grateful for God's forgiveness. And as a fellowship, we forgive one another and love one another and honestly that love and the spirit of that love and of the Lord has been what has I believe drawn people to this place the love that we share we used to sing years ago at church we are one in the bond of love 
We have joined our spirits with the Spirit of God. We are one in the bond of love. We have come together in this place to fellowship, to worship, to receive mercy, to receive forgiveness. And if you're here today and you've been struggling in some area of your life, know that you're not alone. We are all fellow strugglers, all of us. But you're not alone because God loves you and we love you. And we are to help each other along until we cross that finish line together. If you don't know Jesus today, what have you been waiting for? What are you waiting for? If you're waiting before you get cleaned up and become perfect, you're going to be waiting a long time. It's not going to happen. We come to him just as we are. And he begins that process of cleaning us from the inside out. Are you a Christian and you've grown bitter or you've grown cold or are you've allowed resentment and unforgiveness to be more prevalent than the spirit and holiness and righteousness? Well, today you can have a fresh start, a new beginning. Give it over to the Lord, and he'll remove it and make you the person that God wants you to be. If you have been looking for a church home, this is a special place. I love this fellowship. I mean, we, we come together, and I shared this verse a couple weeks ago. In Acts chapter 2, verse 42, the early church they devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and to the fellowship and to the breaking of bread and to prayer. And they so loved being together that in verse 46, they met together daily in the temple courts and they uh, met in each other's homes and they ate together uh, with glad and sincere hearts. And verse 47 and the Lord added to their number daily those who are being saved. Part of loving the fellowship is loving the Word of God, which we have many opportunities for you all to meet in discipleship, Bible studies, Sunday school, to fellowship. It's not just eating chicken down in the fellowship hall. Even though we enjoy eating and fellowshipping around the table, and you can do that every Wednesday at 5, Breaking bread together, yes, eating in homes with a table group, eating downstairs, doing communion together, remembering what Jesus did on the cross, and the prayer. We love praying. We do that every Wednesday at 6 in this place. We believe in the power of prayer, and it's because of the prayers of you and God's people that we have become known as a church of love and spirit in this place. Now, I want to close by sharing this with you, and I, I asked for permission to do this, but a few years ago, God led, led a fine couple to this church, and uh, you wouldn't know it says low battery. Watch it go dead right when I'm getting ready to. Several years ago, God led a couple to this church, and uh, the wife had Baptist roots, and her health was starting to decline, and her husband was an Episcopalian priest, Bill and Linda Brown, who many of you all know Bill Brown and remember Linda, who's gone on to be with the Lord. Even though Bill is a, an Episcopalian priest, when his health is good and when there's not a pandemic raging, 
even though his wife has gone on to be with the Lord, Bill Brown still attends this church. An Episcopalian priest who attends here regularly. And, and Bill sent me this message this past week. I asked for his permission if I could read it. And look, this isn't a toot Todd Lester's horn. This is just the toot God's horn and give him the glory. And I asked Bill, and I said it meant so much to me. He said, Todd, I am sorry I've not been around for several weeks. I've been a bit under the weather, but I'm doing much better now. As usual, I hear nothing but good things about your wonderful ministry and about the church. This is the part I want you to hear. I do not think I've ever been in a congregation where the love of Jesus is so apparent. As you have so often mentioned, Forks is a congregation built on prayer, and that is so apparent. I hope you know how very much you are loved. I know the devil is always there trying to beat you down, but then he wouldn't care unless you were touching souls. Hang in there with prayer and gratitude, Bill Brown. That touched my heart. That touched my heart. He's never been in a church where the love of God is more apparent. What a great tribute to you and to our living, loving Lord that we allow his love to permeate through this place and through his people. And today... We're going to give you an opportunity. We have a, a hymn of commitment or a hymn of invitation. If you would like to give your life to Jesus today, you don't have to have it all figured out. Just come and say, I want Jesus in my life, and I will pray with you and begin you on this eternal journey. Again, maybe you're a Christian. You say, I've, I've had hurt. I've had this. I've had that. I'll pray with you, and you can have a fresh start. I thank God that. With every day, new mercies we see. He gives us his mercy and grace every day. Or maybe you're looking for a church home. This is an imperfect church with an imperfect pastor, an imperfect staff, but we serve a perfect God. And if you want to be a part of this imperfect church trying to fulfill his perfect plan, we'd love to have you. He's waiting for you and for me. Aren't you ready to come as we close in prayer? Father, Thank you so much that you are a faithful, good, loving, forgiving, patient, understanding, merciful God. God, I'm humbled to call this beautiful church my church home. Father, because it's your church, it's God's church. And Father, we are your people. And Lord, John spoke with such godly wisdom as he had followed you um, for most of his life and continued, God, to follow you until the very end. And Lord, we need some, some modern-day Johns, some modern-day Pauls, some modern-day Mary Magdalene's folks who... We're willing to follow you no matter the cost, no matter the price. 
And Lord, I pray today if there are people that are looking for a church where you can be authentic and real and, and find accountability and Lord can find affection and love, Lord, may this be the place, may this be the day that we'll quit putting off any longer what your spirit is leading us to do right now. Father, draw people to Jesus. Draw new families into this family of faith. And Father, we'll give you the praise and the glory and the honor for only you deserve it. Help us now, God, to step out on faith. In the strong name of Jesus, I pray. Amen. We're going to sing a hymn of commitment for those of you in this place. For those of you watching, contact me, contact our office. It'd be a privilege to pray with you about your decision. But I'm going to invite you to stand at this time as we sing a hymn of commitment. The Savior is waiting. You so much for being here today and thank you for watching today wherever you may be it's so great when we can come together as God's family and fellowship with one another worship together give him praise and glory and honor together I hope this won't be your last time worshiping with us but maybe the first time for some of you and and that you will continue to come and worship and fellowship together with us in this wonderful place 
Don't forget, we do have some Bible studies going on this evening, as well as Wednesday night uh, meal at 5, prayer meeting at 6, as well as men's and women's Bible study, as well as our youth and our children's activities, both tonight and on Wednesday night. There's an opportunity for the entire family. Hope you will come back and worship with us again really soon. I hope you have an awesome week this week and that you would touch someone with the love and light of Jesus Christ. Don't forget how much God loves you, and we love you too. Bill, would you uh, lead us as we sing a closing song, then I'll close in prayer. Thank you for being a great and awesome and holy God. And as we go from this place, may we have your spirit filled in each of our hearts to share with neighbors, co-workers, classmates, teammates, just how great you are. In Jesus' name, amen. amen.